What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of SDGC Live. Uh, it is Thursday, July 15th. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week, <coughs> uh, except assholes. If you're an asshole, I hope you're not having a fantastic week at all. I hope your week sucks ass if you're a, if you're a horrible shithead. Um, but anyway, as you can see, uh, I'm joined by two very special and good-looking individuals tonight. Uh, we're, and we're, we're waiting on Brittany. I don't know where Brittany's at. She's supposed to be here. She's running a little late. Uh, but I want to... So, Jeff, first off... Again, I have to call her out. She's liking Pillnock selfies on Twitter. Like She's liking Pillnock selfies on Twitter right now? <laughs> She's not in the call. Like, literally right now. Oh, my... Brittany... It was like 10 minutes ago or something. It's like, I know she's around. Brittany, come on. Come on, Brittany. Get in the call. Somebody, Jeff, Jeff, you should you should tweet at her or, or comment on a pill knock selfie. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's more fun this way. Oh my God, Britt. And uh, and we also have our very good friend Grant, the newly not not just Grant Stoner. This is verified Grant Stoner. It is. Ooh. Hi. Thank you for having me. Like the presence of royalty. Like yeah, like it's you know. So I I want to. This is this is a big moment, right? Because like before now. I would have been like, is this really Grant Stoner? Do we do we truly yeah. do we know who Grant Stoner is? Like, yeah. how am I? How can I be sure this is not some kind of like a uh, a changeling, or a, a uh. replicant, or a, uh, an android of some kind? But now that you are verified on Twitter, I know it's you. You can trust me. It's officially me. Absolutely, yeah. Grant. How yeah. are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, you know, if we're going to talk about accessibility, I want you on uh, because you're a trusted Thank voice uh, in that regard. Got a lot of respect for you. And for anybody in chat Thank who you. is not familiar, familiar with who you are or what you do, why did you get verified? That's the best way to put it. Like, 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 why? What? Who is Grant Stoner? Uh, I am a accessibility and disability gaming journalist with bylines and Washington Post. IGN, Fanbytes, um, Kotaku, GameDaily.biz, and Wired. Um, I'm also the former mobility editor of Can I Play That, uh, the largest disability publication in the industry. Right, why don't you just like throw it in my face, man? Why don't you just like brag about quite a resume? Uh, brag about brag about your <laughs> resume. Brag about all the things you've done and said. Come, come on, man! Like, like, why you gotta, why you gotta do me like that? No, seriously. I try to be humble. It's <laughs> humble. Well, you know what? You know what? When you're Grant Stoner, it's hard to be humble. I understand that. Um, but no, Grant. Seriously, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Like I said, yeah, um, of course. When it comes thank to things, of course, dude. Like, you know, when when it, when it comes to things like accessibility and uh, you know, difficulty levels and stuff like that, you know, we need to have a seasoned voice on who knows what they're talking about. Uh, and I could think of no one better uh, to fill that role tonight than than Grant. Um, I noticed, by the way, uh, that Brittany is still not in the call. Um, so I'm going to continue to give her shit until she until she actually hops in the call. That is not going to stop tonight. Uh, so, guys, got a lot to talk about tonight, right? It has been. Um, I wait. Am I quiet? Am I a little quiet? Should I should I turn my volume up a little bit? Why don't I turn my volume up a little bit? I'm going to turn my volume up a little bit, and I'm going to turn everybody else down. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. There we go. That should, that should be better. My, my, my vocals should be much, uh, much improved now. So it's been kind of a shitty week for a lot of people, right? And the reason that that is the case is the discourse has returned. Um, and uh, 
<laughs> yes, Jeff, I'm a very quiet person by nature. Everybody knows this. Um, very, very quiet. Uh, it's been a uh, it's been a kind of a shitty week for games discourse. Uh, and if you are uh, anywhere near the hellscape that is Twitter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the talk this week has been about uh, difficulty in games, accessibility, and uh, the the crime the the crime of playing on easy uh, as a as a reviewer. And I wanna I wanna preface this with you know this you know this came about like like the reason we're talking about this the reason this is even a thing is because of a fucking harassment campaign like let's just let's just call it what it is it's it's a fucking harassment campaign from a, a tweet that was like what a week old from our friend uh, from our friend natalie um and this tweet about uh about reviewers playing on on easy mode which there's nothing fucking wrong with that uh, got screen capped by a shitty individual. I'm, we're not going to mention any names here because I don't want to give these people a single a single mention on our podcast. But got tweeted, got screen capped and tweeted out by a, uh, a shitty individual. Then got sc- uh, screen capped and tweeted out by a very shitty snake like individual. Uh, and at at that point, like Natalie had to lock her fucking account. And if you have to lock your fucking account, if somebody has to lock their account because they're getting too much hate, then we've got a fucking problem. Um. So I want to preface, so before we launch into the conversation, I want to just say to anybody who is harassing Natalie or, or any reviewer or anybody, any person who chooses to play their games on easy, fuck you. Fuck you. Seriously. Like, 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 you know, eat my ass from the front. You got to be fucking kidding me. Like, like there, there are a billion fucking things to worry about in this world right now. There's a billion fucking things to worry about in this country right now. And, and, and you're fucking the hill you're going to die on, the hill you're going to fucking die on, that you're going to waste a whole day fucking tweeting about and getting mad about is whether or not somebody chooses to play a game on fucking easy mode. Oh, but you know, you're not going to, you know, it's not the way the fucking developer intended it. Well, here's the thing. If there's a fucking easy mode in the game and you play it, that is how the developer intended you to play it. The same goes for a normal mode or a hard difficulty or a fucking godlike difficulty or a fucking uber difficulty. If you play on any one of those, you are playing the game the way the developer intended. Full stop. And this shit has got to fucking stop. Like, I, I, am, I am fucking, like, poor fucking, you know, poor fucking Natalie is beside herself. You've got individuals who want to leave journalism because of this shit. And, you know... People don't fucking understand the mental effect that this has on people when you do this, especially over something as petty and fucking minuscule as a goddamn game. Like, fuck you. Fucking. Oh, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, let's start with let's start with what well, you know what accessibility and difficulty grant, I think, are intertwined. But you once told me you once gave me a really good education on why on why something like an easy mode doesn't go anywhere near and anywhere far enough when we're talking about accessibility. Uh, and I was hoping you could explain why. Yeah. So, um, first off, I think difficulty modes are good. And I think having invincibility modes, like a cycling out is a very good option for people who need them or choose to play. But if that's the only feature you have in your game that won't fix everything. So, for example, um, one of my favorite games that I actually never finished was 
um, get off on order. I love the story, I love the world, I love the gameplay, but because of the game mechanics, such as traversal, it was too tiring for me to play. So even though there were four difficulty options to choose from, every time I would get to an encounter after spending an egregious amount of time climbing up or down, left or right, what have you, I was too tired to beat the encounter. And even though I had it originally on Jedi Night Mode, the enemies were still too challenging for me because I didn't have the energy to beat the game based on something that easy mode would have never fixed. So while they're important, they don't make up for the fact that your game can still be unplayable for so many disabled people. How does it make you feel? And I, I already know the question to this, but but I think people actually, well, I, know, I already know the answer to this, but I think people need to actually hear someone like you say it. When when you see people uh, gatekeep and talk about, well, you know what? Some people just aren't meant to play some games. Like, you know, sorry to break, you know, I hate to break it to you, but Dark Souls isn't for everybody. You know, shit like that. Um. As somebody who has just as much of a right to play a video game as anybody else on this planet, but, you know, is just simply unable to due to being physically disabled, mm-hmm. how, how, how does that make you feel? I don't like to give them thought because ultimately... They're never going to accept other voices or ideas or people into their realm. And the fact that they keep pushing, it's usually just white noise at the end of the day. Very few developers will ever listen to them. Very few developers will ever take their advice and make games more difficult. And we've seen that. We've seen um, Psychonauts to Double Fine developer actively say everyone should play a game. Yeah, that's a word. Seen, a lot of this started this week. Right. We've seen um, Curry Balrog from God of War actively say everyone should play my game. We've seen studios like Microsoft and Sony and even some Nintendo titles where they have a load of incredible accessibility features and options. I do want to note that sometimes it's very difficult to avoid the harassment and the hatred that we see because it's never-ending. But I take some peace knowing that ultimately their screaming into the void does nothing. It doesn't prevent us from playing. It doesn't push us out. The developers are ultimately the ones who make that decision. And as more developers have shown consistently that they care about inclusivity, it's proof that their voices in the grand scheme of things don't really matter. Man, I, you know, dude, I'm sorry that we even have to talk about this. 
Um, it, it, it's never ending. I, I know. And, and, and that must, that is one of the things that is just, I mean, if it's frustrating to, for me, uh, uh, an, an able-bodied individual, I know how frustrating it must be for you. Um, and Jeff, you have like, you know, obviously you are not a disabled person, but you have been having serious issues with your hands, uh, for, for some time now. Um, and I, Jeff, I'm uh, Jeff. I'm, I mean, there was a period of what, like six months where you couldn't play a game, Jeff. Uh-huh. Um, has, has that experience given you kind of a, a new, a new, again, while stressing that Jeff is not a disabled mm-hmm. person, but has that experience, Jeff, given you kind of a, a new angle on this or, or, or kind of a, a new insight into, into why everybody should be able to play? Um, I don't know if that specifically has changed much. Uh, like I, I think it, uh, at least not in terms of difficulty, right? Like I, uh, I basically had to move away from using a mouse and keyboard. Like I play mostly on PC, but now I exclusively play with a controller. So like I expect modern games to have really good controller support and good customization and stuff like that. Um, and obviously what Xbox is doing with the adaptive controller is great. But, you know, I, with, when it comes to like the difficulty stuff, I don't really have that perspective because, you know, like you said, uh, I don't have a, a ton of, um, you know, if any major physical disabilities, but... You know, the thing I, I've said before, and I'll say again, is like difficulty uh, when this discussion comes up, it's like people seem to think that there's like th- three difficulty settings and you can just like notch one in and that's whatever. Like they, they talk about the developer vision, right, or the artistic vision and that everyone should have the same experience. But that's a lie because nobody has the same experience because everyone has different bodies. Everyone has different reaction times. Everyone's brain works differently. So to me, a game is like a car, right? A manufacturer could create a car and then you roll it out of the factory and someone buys it. But depending on your height, depending on your age, uh, depending on your eyesight, your vision, everyone's experience driving that car is going to be different. And you have the ability to, you know, adjust your seat, adjust your mirrors, uh, you know, maybe some modifications or something to make it drivable for you because the out of the box experience is going to vary wildly. And games are the same way. Like, you know, there's, there's people out there. I have friends. They find Dark Souls easy. They can play it with one hand. Like they can beat it in three hours. It's a joke to them, and they actually probably need an even harder mode. <laughs> but there's like people like me that you know I've been playing games almost my whole life, and I just like I'm just not good. I'm just not good at them. I'm not gonna get better. And you know it's so my experience playing these games is not the same as someone else's. So I don't know. It's you know you need to have some kind of. Um, modifications because you know all people aren't created equal so why would you think you could create one game and have everyone have an equal experience that's really the only insight i can offer because yeah i you know it feels like uh it feels like this is a topic that we have to revisit every four or five months at this point it Um, really is it's like clifford you can tell like at the end of every uh Grand like, and, and like, look, like, like, I think we can all agree that there are there are developers that have gotten better about this, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to sit here and try to give the impression that there has not been any forward momentum mm-hmm. in the industry because there absolutely has been, mm-hmm. but, but, the, I feel like a lot of developers are extremely slow or extremely reluctant to push forward on on some of this stuff specifically because of the reactions of a large swath of the gaming community um like for example can you imagine the vitriol 
if, for example, Elden Ring had an easy mode? Can you, I mean, can you imagine the blowback, uh, the, the, the pushback yeah, from a certain that, crowd of gamers? That would never. The thing I can safely say for their benefit is those games will never have difficulty modes, ever. But that doesn't mean they can't be accessible. So, which is the one like sort of solace that we can take in the fact that they may not have easy mode, but the features that they do have allow people like us to play. So, uh, I, I want to add. So, Jeff, real quick, you look like you wanted to say something. Uh, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, it, I was really disappointed. You, you Bob Elden Ring, I was really disappointed uh, when the Demon Souls remake came out from Blue Point and they basically, you know, said. Uh, and yeah, again, there's there's some distinction between accessibility and difficulty, but you know, uh, difficulty is also accessibility for different reasons. And they they basically came out and said like, yeah, we didn't even bought, we didn't even think about adding any uh, you know any options, no sliders, nothing like you know we wanted to just you know again recreate that pure experience. And I, I thought that was pretty, especially because Sony has really been uh, I think from their first party studios at least. Uh, been I, I would say one of the the better leaders in terms of um, uh, you know making games um, uh, playable to a larger audience. So you know it was yeah a little disheartening to see that from them. And Grant, do you like where do we go from here? Right, because I feel like as again like we've we've stated we we revisit this argument multiple times a year. Um, and, you know, anytime you see a major developer take strides on accessibility, um, there is always a, there is always that that crowd. There is there is always that part of the community that says, well, uh, this is why gatekeeping is good. And, uh, you know, gaming is some games just aren't for everybody. And and how. How do we convince them, or is there, or, or are some people just hopeless? Like, like, are are there some people who just cannot be reached by this? And it, what is it like a sense of accomplishment for them, like a sense of validation? Like, I need to, you know, this is my hobby, and I can't let it. Like, like, what drives that? I don't. I genuinely don't understand it. I've always thought that because I, I've tried to sort of get in their head to understand why they think the way that they do, and. For me, being disabled, I want to have points in my life that I have complete control over. Um, I want to be able to control my game, control the things on my desk, the things that I can use, or the things that I have in my life that I have complete control over. So I understand why they feel that way. But ultimately, how other people play the game will never affect how they play the game. So at the end of the day, you and I can still purchase the same exact game. Maybe not have the same exact experience. But at the end of the day, we beat the final boss, we roll credits, we get our achievements, or trophies or what have you. And ultimately that's what matters, in my opinion. Yeah, I I I you know, I wish I had an answer for this. Um and you know, they're members of my own family. 
who who were like ah you know like like i mean sorry but not everybody's meant to play every game and that's okay and it's like well no it's not okay that's like saying not everybody is supposed to watch uh that's like saying that's like saying only some people can watch Avengers. Why? Well, because sorry, that's the way it is. And it's like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Some people are, are only allowed to eat steak and others can't eat steak. You have to eat, uh, you know, you, yeah. have to, you, you know, you have to eat chicken. Well, it's like, well, I want steak. Yeah, but you can't have it. And, um, you know, I, I don't like more people playing more games. This is a fact. This isn't just me talking on my ass. More people playing games is good for the industry because. More, more people playing means what more, more sales right and if there's more sales there's more money and if there's more money there's what more, more games. games oh it's weird how that shit works out of fucking unbelievable holy shit we just cracked the fucking case like mm -hmm. wow i don't believe it i mean seriously though like like pull your fucking head out of your ass like what the fuck is wrong with you like like look at the look at the fucking period the gaming industry went through uh around 2011 2012 right like everybody was talking there were articles you guys remember this there were articles about how gaming was dying right they're like oh this is the last uh this is the last console generation right blah 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 no of course that that was all nonsense but it's a fact that the industry was stagnating at that point all three of all three of the major consoles were were not selling incredibly well they just weren't and things are things are fucking booming now the goddamn console generate like like video games are video games account for more revenue than movies and television and music combined worldwide it is it is the largest entertainment industry in the world do you really want to go back to the days of 2011 to 2012 when people said gaming games were dying more pe and and the reason that more people a part of the reason not the whole reason but part of the reason more people are playing is because more people are are are, are able to play. Because well, go ahead, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I uh, I mean, you touched on other industries, and even before that, I was thinking about what Grant said about having control. You know, having control over some of these things, the things on your desk and stuff like that. And uh, gaming is like games are like a really weird medium. Uh, I think I, I think about this a lot because. Again, we hear people talk about the artistic vision or, you know, say not every game has to be for everybody the same way not every movie has to be for everybody. But like when we talk about movies, you know, maybe horror movies aren't for everyone. We don't mean not everyone can watch them. We just mean you may not like it, but you can at least still, you know, watch it or with subtitles, descriptive audio. You still have the ability to take that in and evaluate it. Games are weird because they're they are art and I believe they're art and they are, uh, you know, a creative medium. But they're also a product. They're also a toy. They're something that you buy with your money. And in some ways, you should have control over them. The same way when I buy a headset, I should be able to adjust the volume and mute my, you know, I should have some level of, um, you know, ability to modify them to fit my needs because they are a consumer product at the same time they're telling a story. So, uh, you know, the, those arguments don't really hold much weight either, I don't think. And I, I'm not sure if people really consider that. Well, I think another part of the problem, and, and Grant, you tell me if I'm wrong, it come boils down to simple, and I, I don't think there's a term for this. I'll just, I'll say able-bodied privilege. Well, 100%. Right? If, if you ask yourself, why are people pissed off? The, the, the only answer, literally the only answer is ableism. <laughs> 
that's always the answer. Yeah. Ableism is so seeped into gaming culture from the slurs that you hear on the lobbies to developers not implementing um, features or options years ago to social media interactions. It's always about ableism. And I, I think a large part of this is due to, like, like where does ableism come from, right? You have somebody, you have, you have somebody like me who is an able-bodied individual, but I want everybody to play. I want as many, I want as much accessibility in games as possible. Mm-hmm. I want what, whatever it takes to make games uh, uh, more accessible to to individuals uh, who are are not, frankly, as as lucky as I am. Uh, you know that I'll I'll take it. I'll, any sacrifice that needs to be made, whatever. Um, I'll let let's fucking make it. Um, but that's because I that's because I have empathy. Uh, and and I think you know I I I think a large part of what is driving all this ableism in the gaming industry. Brittany is in chat, by the way. Brittany, I thought you were going to be on the call. She's hopping on. She's just waiting for a good time to hop in. So okay, I'm just I'm I'm giving her shit. I'm I'm literally just giving her shit. Um, we yeah. love you, Brittany. Uh, but I lost my train of thought. All right. Um, I a lot of this boils down to a lack of empathy. Like you know, empathy is the ability to put yourself in the shoes of. I'm kidding, Britt. Uh, empathy is the ability to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and and see the world through their eyes and 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 understand why they view the world the way they do to to suffer with you to struggle with you some people are able to do that and some people i don't think it's a matter of they're not able to do that they just choose not to and all i can like i can't change anybody's mind but but all i can do is just say if that is your mindset if that is your worldview like if you cannot empathize with somebody who who is who is just does not have the full um physical ability to to do something as simple as play a video game as you then 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 you are living a hollow and empty life um and and you need to wake up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror and wiggle your fingers wiggle your toes move your hands around and then look at yourself and say today's a good day because I can do all that and there are some people who can't. And until you can until you can appreciate what you have, then you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to empathize with anybody. And that's a really shitty way to live. It it just is. Like I I can't imagine not being able to empathize with somebody. Brittany's here, by the way. Hi, Britt. Hello. Um Brittany. I want to get you in on this. Like, like, like we're talking about, um, we're talking about easy difficulties and accessibility and, and uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, Because like, like, I know where you stand, but, but especially given the events of the past week, like, you know, and, and and all the bullshit on Twitter, like where, where, where is your headspace right now? Um, I think we need to get out of the mindset that easy mode somehow invalidates your own, um, playthroughs and self-worth and accomplishments um because that's i think that's a lot a lot 
what a lot of anger boils down to is people somehow get validation out of playing these games on harder difficulties. And and here's what I don't understand. Like, you can still do those things with easy mode enabled. You can still have those moments, just like people who are play on easy mode are going to have those moments, right? Like... It, it's it's so close together. Like, they want to feel good about the things they do. They want to feel good and accomplished about, you know, being able to beat the boss on the height, like, the hardest difficulty. Well, for some people, playing on easy mode and playing those bosses is hard. Like, it it is difficult. So, it doesn't make any sense to me that that's their argument. Like... And and it it's just like you said, you can't convince people to empathize. Like at the end of the day, you can't convince people to look at somebody else and be like, hmm, maybe they could benefit from this. Or, you know, even even if it's not for me, you know, I can see how this would help somebody else. Like you can't you can't teach people to give a shit about any like anybody else. If I've learned anything from the past five years, it's like you cannot convince people to give a shit about somebody else and that's what's so frustrating is it's like the lack of empathy and you know at least for me that's that's what's frustrating is the lack of empathy and just like i said like somehow easy mode invalidates your experiences that's not that's not the way i see it well and let's talk about that for a minute because i mean jeff you play most of your games on easy um and I it's actually most of them on very easy yeah <laughs> and and it's not because it's not because you you are not any good at the game it's because you don't feel like you 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 are the kind of person who just wants to play a game and enjoy it and not have to worry about you know you know oh i didn't tie my dodge right or I mean, you know it's it's a bit of both like you know sometimes i legitimately uh, like I was playing Mass Effect 2 on the easiest difficulty and I'm actually dying a lot. So there's no way I could possibly I wouldn't be able to finish it if it was on a harder yeah. one. But you're like life is hard. Life is challenging. Life's a struggle. Life kicks your ass. So like, why do I want to come home and have a game kick my ass? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's that's supposed to be my relaxation. That's my stress reliever. That's my thing where I can feel good. And, you know, like maybe things I can't do in real life, I want to feel empowered in a game. And, you know, the uh, having those options makes me feel that way. And I don't know. Just, just let me do it. It's like, why yeah. would, you, would you go to like, would you go to someone? Someone has a basketball hoop on their driveway and it's like four feet off the ground. Would you just go to someone's random driveway and say like, uh, excuse me, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, you got to raise that up 10 feet. Or I'm going to like. No, who cares? Why don't you get some? You know, right why don't you get some? Why don't you knock on that person's door? Why don't you get some fucking ups, motherfucker? Like, like I like, no, that's a great point. Actually, my basement. Like, I'm just. <laughs> it's uh, the same. It's the same. It's it's the same concept as like going into the gym and walking up to some somebody who's putting up like four fifty on the bench and saying, "Bro, why don't you put some fucking plate on there?" Okay, another fifty pounds are gonna kill you. Like, why don't you put some motherfucking plate on there? Like, like, you know, it's, it's the same concept, right? It's dick measuring. And, you know, somebody on Twitter the other day said to me, um, well, uh, you know, um, actually it's not cool to play games on easy mode if you're a reviewer, because you can beat the game without using, uh, the mechanics that the game, uh, uh requires. And I'm like, 
I Mother- was just about to bring that up. Well, and, and Brittany, I'm like, motherfucker, I have seen no hit runs of, of Sekiro. Okay, so that's a motherfucker who's playing one of the hardest games in existence, and he is not using any of the mechanics meant to win because he's not using any fucking healing items. Okay, so so what? don't sit here and fucking tell me that that like like fuck you like. Well, just- and, it, and it's just this like mentality like journalists need to fucking crunch and play these hard difficulties to give an accurate <laughs> review of a game. Like one. I love journalists, don't get me wrong, but their words are not like your go-to. Somebody writing a review about a video game, in no way, in no way whatsoever should in, like should impact how you play a game, right? Like so if you if they don't have time to sit and play a game on the hardest difficulty, and to give you an accurate, like, that's just Well, especially, just like, like it's fucking, and, and Grant knows this, like, fucking deadlines exist in the world. And, 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 and so much. yeah, Grant, Grant, you know this, like, I know journalist friends who are like, I got, uh, for example, uh, um, our friend Steve, Steve Bowling, uh, got Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he had, like, two days to fucking play it for review. He had two fucking days. Like, like, I mean, people cannot play this shit. Uh, I, I mean, pe- I mean, people at the end of the day, like reviewers, gotta get paid. You gotta get paid, and you get paid mm-hmm. by getting a fucking review out. And there's just, there's just too much pressure on journalists in general, and how people um, view their work and the standards that they set for journalists are absolutely ridiculous. Like I, yeah, I and I don't envy them, and they have all my love and support through all this bullshit because it's just. There's there's no appeasing that crowd whatsoever. I, there um a lot of this too stems from the Cuphead video that was released. Uh, oh goodness, I'm bad with dates, but several years ago, where the reviewer couldn't jump. We've all seen the Marvel video. The the uh, reviewer who couldn't play Cuphead. And it's now a meme amongst certain groups of people. So they take that mentality and apply it to all journalists, regardless of publication or game. And they have this perceived notion of difficulty that they assume no journalist can do because of the cockpit video. But that's, that was the catalyst for all of this was the compound video like i dude i i feel i feel so like i wish that there was something i could actually fucking do to, to like i i just feel powerless man because i have so many friends who just want to play games who who just want to play games and it makes me like like i i have to admit like i i feel a good deal of guilt myself sometimes because like you know i'll sit here look and and i'm i'll have a fucking come to jesus moment here like i got i got real fucking angry uh over the final fantasy remasters right because they're not exactly what i wanted but at the end of the day that it's really not that fucking important because you know there are some people who would fucking kill to be able to play games the way i play them and and they can't and, uh, you know, that is something that not only they have to live with, but 
I have to live with because I'm sitting here getting mad about something that is something that, you know, is to be honest with you, fucking small and petty and, and, you know, not to, not to sit here and invalidate my own, uh, you know, my own uh, issues with things. Uh, Cause that's not what I want to do. But at the same time, like, you know, I can't help, but I can't help but think that there are, you know, there are things that are far more important than worrying about whether or not a fucking font in a Final Fantasy game is too small or, or doesn't fit the... D- well, that actually is important. Oh, that's true. That is important. Like, like, like I'm not going to say that's not important, but there are fucking people out there who, would, who can't play those remasters. They just, they just can't. They're, because, and, and I'll bet you they would fucking love to. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it really, like, sitting here and being confronted with it and, and talking about it really makes me, I don't know, I guess kind of reflect on what's important. Um, and, and that's that I, I, I need to remember, I need to check myself sometimes and remember how fortunate I am and understand that, that there are... There are things that I could do better. But that's the difference between you and them is that you have these self-reflecting moments where, you know, they don't. They just care about their fucking easy mode. And I mean, they're non-easy modes. And it's just it's it's a conversation much like the Switch Pro that I'm tired of having. Right. Like, just let people play what they want. Let people be happy. Like. You don't you don't have to worry about how somebody else plays a game. You know, if somebody writes a review for a game and you don't agree with it uh, because of the difficulty they play on, that's on you. You can still go play the fucking game like you don't you don't got to listen to people's reviews to decide whether or not you want to play a game like just do your shit like do what makes you happy at the end of the day. That's what anybody's trying to do. That's what video games exist for is to get some kind of escape from reality and everybody deserves a chance at that no matter what you think no matter what you feel everybody deserves a chance to have that this some sort of escape to a fantasy world and if you don't agree with that then you can suck my left tit that's how i feel about it wow wow getting dark (laughs) in here um so so there is why the left you know what i don't want to know um so there is one thing before we move on to our, our next topic. Um, one, before I say this, Grant, is there anything else that you wanted to say on this? Because this is something that is deeply important to you and personal. I would just say that for the critics for these Souls Moon games and in terms of difficulty, it's ironic because they're the same people who will use exploits and cheats to be bosses. Yep. I mean, yeah, I've yep. beaten uh, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 and Bloodborne. I've used some of those exploits that the community suggested. But whenever I use a magic build, which is considered easier, that's when the hatred comes on. So it's just, it's very selective in what they choose to attack. Which ultimately, to me, makes it more entertaining whenever I can beat the game. Yep, faster than them. I can imagine, before. man. I can, I can, I can only imagine uh, the, the the how how just like kind of smug that and satisfying that must be. 
Um, the final boss for Dark Souls 1, I was a mage. I killed him in three hits. So, I so entered well, the arena and he died. I'm not going to lie. What I did with Gwyn is I just fucking cheesed him. I stood on that little step and I just kept like kicking him yeah. back and hit. Yeah, I just cheesed the shit out of him. Like, yeah, I oh, I'll I fucking admit it. You, like, there are YouTube videos and Reddit posts and Twitter threads where hundreds of people have done the same thing and you're praised for it. Yeah, it, it, it just it doesn't. And, and like, look, like, 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 I, I, th- I think this is an important point to make. Uh, before we before we move on right like we're not sitting here and saying look you know if if you are an able-bodied individual and you do something incredible in a game uh that was extremely difficult f- brag about it like like nobody's telling you you oh, can't yeah. do that like fucking brag oh, about yeah. that shit live that shit up own yeah. that shit um yeah. just don't get mad when somebody plays that shit on easy or when somebody asks for accessibility options so they can try it. I mean, it doesn't invalidate your experience. It doesn't take away your accomplishment. Yeah. I, you've got that fucking trophy, that PlayStation trophy or that Xbox achievement for doing that really hard shit. Like, you know, it's right there for the world to see. Like, if you need validation, there it is. Like, you've already got it. So so just let people get theirs. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, like it doesn't fucking matter. And a, a game having the ability or, or, or having uh, the... The accessibility options to allow other people to play it does not take away what you have achieved. Like I, I finished the final boss without getting hit on Uber difficulty. Fucking outstanding. Well done. Like that's fucking awesome. You know, like good on you. But somebody playing the same game uh with uh some kind of accessibility slider on or at a lower difficulty doesn't fucking change what you did. It doesn't. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll end this topic with this. If a reviewer plays a game on easy and they finish the game and they review the game based on their experience, their opinion is not fucking worthless as a certain, some snake-like individuals on Twitter like to say, your there it, it's it's not worthless because what you've just done is not only shit on people just trying to get their jobs done in time to 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 get a fucking paycheck what you've also done is shit on people who have to play on easy because that's the only accessibility option available to them because as an industry we still have not arrived that's at that's bare at, minimum yeah that, that's bare fucking minimum right like as an industry we have not arrived at the place where we need to be in that regard and 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 you individual are speaking from a position of extreme privilege because you are an able-bodied individual just as i am so i am a privilege and in this regard i am a privileged individual because i have full i i have uh, control over all my motor functions and some people are not as fucking lucky as you or i they're just not and to disregard those fucking people and say that their opinion is worthless? Who the fuck are you? So I'll tell you what you can do. You can take your fucking opinions and you can shove them right up your fucking funky little ass. Okay? Fuck you. People like that are irrelevant. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what doesn't matter how big your fucking audience is. 
people like that will never hold sway in this industry again. And for that, we should be thankful. Because the industry is a better fucking place without you. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm so mad about what's going on with Natalie that I, I just hard yeah, to focus, really, man. Hard to focus. Really like I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking. I'm really fucking angry for her. I'm really fucking angry. I always tell people too, like if you don't like the reviewer, just don't read. Just don't read the fucking review. Like, leave them alone. It's really easy. Like, it's like really easy. you know how much fucking you know how much fucking effort it takes not to screen cap somebody who's just talking about the way they prefer to review a game. You know how much fucking effort that takes not to do fucking zero. It takes fucking zero effort to do that. And now you've got a fucking now you've got a young fucking journalist questioning her place in the industry. Because of the fucking harassment that you and your fucking cronies have brought down on her. What the fuck is wrong with you? She didn't fucking hurt you. She didn't do anything to you. And the way she fucking reviews the game, the way she chooses to review the game, has no fucking bearing on you. Or how you live your life. Or how you play your fucking games. Or how you podcast. Or anything. Grow some fucking empathy. Be a fucking human being. Fucking pathetic all right i'm done fucking mm. all right here's what we're gonna do now we're gonna talk about fucking steam deck and before and so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with this i got a picture right here of the motherfucking controller well not the controller but like the right side of the unit and and I want to show this to everybody here. So I'm pulling it up on the on the stream here now. Look at this. Look at this. The fucking look at the B button sliding off the edge of the fucking. It's like, it's like somebody fucking reached their hand out and grabbed that thing because it's falling off. This is a nightmare for me. This controller is an absolute nightmare for me. Oh my god. Sorry, I was yelling so fuck like I'm so fucking angry, I'm choking. Uh, but, but not at the controller at fucking assholes on Twitter. I'm not angry at the controller. I'm bemused at the fucking controller, but look at this shit. Like, like I don't have the full picture here, but this motherfucker, like, okay. So it's Brittany. I don't know if you know this or not. We talked about this earlier, but it's 156% heavier than the switch and 350% thicker than the switch listen I, normally i'm not a complainer about big and thick but in this case <laughs> i am very much so i'm very much so not <laughs> stop you're distracting me. <clears throat> <laughs> So, I I have small hands, and this this conversation is not going. I have small hands, and this controller is not <clears throat> meant for me. And that's um. Somebody screen cap that. <coughs> Somebody clip it. <coughs> oh. <laughs> 
please continue. <clears throat> so I have small hands, and this controller does not look me friendly. And I posted that on Twitter today, and I got <laughs> a lot of response about it. A lot of people agree. Um, I don't think it's going to be friendly towards people who have carpal tunnel. Um, I don't think even with small hands, it's just it's going to be very hands friendly. Um, mainly because like, okay, so you're gripping it at the top, right? Like. What if the base doesn't rest well against my palms and my wrists? Like, it, it, how am I supposed to hold? Like, am I just supposed to? I don't know. I just, it you're, doesn't seem like it's going to be comfy for me. You're supposed to. Anyway. This. You're, you're, <laughs> like. I completely ruined this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I I, I don't even like. I move on from like the the grip discourse. And yeah, I maybe we can talk about. It. <laughs> so um, so okay. Like all right, all right. I'm gonna bring this back to. I'm gonna I'm gonna center this. I I'm tried. Gonna, all right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to center this once again. I'm going to bring some, bring some, bring, bring, um, I'm going to bring the adults back into the room and, and talk. I'm not an adult. Who the fuck am I kidding? Um, the, uh, the, oh my, stop in the fucking chat. Holy shit. Stop fucking trying to distract me. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brittany. Um, so, so the Steam Deck, uh, $3.99 for the base model uh 529 if you want it with the i think w with the case or there's something that comes with it and then there's like a, an 800 and or like a an 700 800 model like this motherfucker is expensive and i i like i saw a lot of, i saw a lot of talk today about how this would yeah it's like a community bundle bundle or something thank you um but i saw a lot of talk today about how well man they really uh they really took the uh, took the steam, uh, pun intended, out of uh, the you know the Switch OLED pre-orders today, and I'm like, eh, did they though? Because I you know the fucking Switch Pro or the Switch Pro, Jesus, the Switch OLED, and the fucking chat is about to. Anyway, the I'll fucking jump in here, John, because I think I know where you're going. Like the Switch OLED, right? Like, like the Switch OLED and the it, well, they're 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 going for two completely different audiences. Like, yeah, like let's let's be real, right? People buy Switches to play Nintendo games. It's great that they could play lots of other games, but mostly, I think a lot of them want to play Nintendo games. And you know, the like to me, the Steam Deck is not even targeting Nintendo play like this is to me targeted at Steam players people who have a PC already because the um uh, the whole appeal of this is being able to take your entire Steam library and play it in bed and not streaming right like not right. you know like you know compression like you're you're actually playing all your <laughs> Steam games natively on a portable computer in like a switch form factor that's not quite as as nice so you know I'm I don't know. Like I, I think I'm like I feel like I'm. Uh, <laughs> I always feel like I'm the minority on everything, and I, I think it looks like not bad. It's definitely the weight is uh, 
a hurdle because I even the original Switch, the biggest barrier to me other than the Joy Cons was the weight. It was just you know I'm I don't lift like I'm I'm pretty weak and scrawny and I was like after like me ten too. minutes I was like. Yeah, and I was after ten minutes. I'm like, all right, I just want to like rest this on something, so I'd like get a pillow to brace it. Uh, so I don't want to be holding something this heavy for for that well, period of time for raising. Uh But it like you know, I don't know. The controller thing is um, apparently it's comfy to hold. From the I think IGN put up a preview that said so again it's yeah, but also know, like how long do they hold it right? Be, because yeah. because you know like. Not to not to puff myself up, but I am not weak and scrawny. I am a big I, I am a, a very big, powerful guy. And after about an hour of holding a regular switch, like my fucking forearms start to fall asleep. I'm like, God damn. And I'm like, you guys have to do that. Like you fucking have to shake your hands and shit. You're like, all right, my shit's falling asleep now. I got to fucking wake it up. Like, I can't imagine holding a a like a pound and a half. This thing weighs a pound and a half. And that doesn't sound like a lot. Right. Like like you're like, oh, a pound and a half, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm still fucking feeling the effects of the whiskey that I inhaled. <coughs> uh, a pound and a half. That's a like like when you're holding that shit, it's plyometrics, right? Like or or, or not plyometrics, uh, symmetrics. When you're holding that shit for an, like three hours, that's a fucking workout. And like, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Grant, like like. I don't know how much of a PC gamer you are as opposed to a console player. Is it like, like what are your thoughts on the reveal of the, of the steam deck? Aside from the fact <coughs> that it is horrifically ugly. Like, let's it's face it. This motherfucker is ugly. What's that? Um, it's all that it's a brick. Just a massive brick. Um, I am primarily a PC gamer. Mostly because for me, it's a lot easier to control movements with a mouse and WASD than it is with two joysticks. That makes sense. Um, there are certain genres <coughs> that I only play on console, like JRPGs, because those are easier on consoles with a joystick than WASD movement. For me, the biggest issue is there is no way that someone like me <laughs> is gonna be able to use this device. It's huge. The yeah. buttons are too far spaced. The joysticks are too far spaced. You have bumpers in the back. You can't remove the joysticks like the switch. It's just a brick that I will never purchase because there's <laughs> no way that I will ever be able to use it. I I just want to um. I, I would like real quick, Grant, I would like Jeff to say uh, for the people listening on podcast services, what he put in the chat, because the people deserve to hear it, Jeff. Like, like Jeff, what is Jeff? Jeff was so loud. Jeff, what is a selling point of the uh, of the, of the Steam Deck? Uh, it's not it's not on the box, although it might be on the box when it ships to retailers. But um, I I believe you can now play the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV up to level 60, including Heaven's Ward, on the toilet or in your bed. Amazing. Amazing. So like, it's... Ian, can you really put a price on that? Absolutely not. Like, like I like, you know, who who wouldn't want to run... Uh, who wouldn't want to run a solo Pythalgan run uh, while, while dropping a deuce? Like, like, who doesn't want to do that? I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. 
you know, like it's, uh, you know, because I, I feel like right as you finish the raid too, like, like right as you finish it, just to kind of cap everything off. Um, I think I just, I just grossed myself out. That's pretty gross. Uh, but this is like, I want to ask the whole group what <laughs> Brittany, God damn it. Brittany's just determined to fucking throw a wrench into every facet of the show tonight. <laughs> God damn it, Brittany. Fuck. Okay. Uh, again, for our audio listeners, Brittany <laughs> fighting Titan while fighting my own Titan. <laughs> I didn't want to, uh, I want to make sure everyone gets to experience that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a sore fucking throat by the time this podcast is over. I've, I have I've put, you can borrow my oh God, I'm going to fucking need it. So, so how do we think this is going to sell? Because one, it is mad fucking expensive. And two, like, like the switch, like, like the, I'm not talking like, you know, the switch light. The the OG Switch is not like yeah it's portable but it's not it's not it's not it's not like slip in your back pocket portable you know like I you know like it's not as portable as Nintendo likes to say it is right like I'll play it in my bed but am I gonna pull this thing out in the middle of the fucking line of the DMV and and, and no I'm not gonna do that <coughs> the fucking the fucking uh, Stream Deck is twice as less portable as the switch so i'm wondering really who this is for and and it does is this something that appeals to the core pc crowd because these guys like you know i'm not a pc gamer full disclosure but i mean pc gaming like is you know one extremely popular and two you can get incredible visual fidelity on on if you've got a powerful enough rig right like you know grant knows this jeff knows this um for those individuals who you know like don't travel for their jobs or anything right like how appealing is this like 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 who is this i, I i'm struggling to figure out who this is for i think it's one of those like yeah i agree I, i'm not sure uh i'm curious to hear what grant thinks but uh to me it's i think the audience is more the pc crowd like you said it's a little pricier um you know the the just the way the games are delivered the fact it's going to be on steam I don't see this being the same audience as the Switch, where it's your your kind of more casual people grabbing Mario Kart and stuff like that. It definitely it looks and feels and is priced like uh, an enthusiast product, like a premium product. And if there's anything we know, uh, a PC crowd can be very entitled and very fickle. Um, and I find it a little alarming that there was not really any mention of resolution or frame rate. They have a lot of information in the tech specs, uh, but like it sounds like if you're going to put out something like this, a place it's basically a portable PC and not pay any mention of you know what resolution. Like, so actually, cool. actually, Jeff, one thing I one thing I can tell you is that I have had, I have heard multiple people say that it that at the very least the screen is not 1080p. No, it's 800p. I it's think. 800p, yeah. right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> which, in the big scheme of things, in a handheld, not as important because, you know, everything is far more condensed. You know, all those pixels are closer together. And a 1080p handle is going to fucking, like, you know, enjoy that battery that lasts for, for 20, 20 minutes. Um, 
but at the same time, like I'm interested to see what Grant thinks, Jeff, like you said, because I I struggle to understand exactly what part of the hardcore PC gaming audience this is for. I would say I have um, a bunch of friends who do a lot of traveling. For their work, they spend a lot of time in hotels. Maybe for them. Um, but also, how expensive is it? It's well, so the cheapest model is three ninety nine. That's the cheapest model. I. That's really fucking expensive. <laughs> like it's a, it is a mini like PlayStation or Xbox with that price. The only issue is, I guess, if you really enjoy like gaming from your bed, but also you can just set up your mouse and keyboard from your bed. But again, if you travel a lot and you're really committed to PC gaming, then maybe I I I personally think it's just gonna be one of those things that a bunch of people will buy it, but they won't ever actually use it as much as they were hoping. Because at the end of the day, you have your rig right next to you. Why would you go for something? Yeah, that's that you the part. Can't customize for something that you know you built yourself. So that's the part that gets me right, and uh, you know, I, I, but at the same time, I I do understand <coughs> some of the appeal behind this because what I had not considered until a few hours after the reveal was that you know what, you can play Xbox games on this. Like, like this is essentially, for lack of a better term, an Xbox handheld. You can um, play Halo Infinite. You can play Halo one. Infinite on this thing. If you like day and date, like the day it comes out, you can load up Halo Infinite on your on your Steam Deck and play it that way. So I, I like I tend to wonder if this is going to be more popular with core Xbox players than it will PC players. See, um, but the the trick there is like, um, you know. So, you know, Microsoft, Xbox, you know, the Game Pass, all that. On the PC side, it's all tied to the Windows Store, right? Um, you know, they have, like, cross-ownership when you buy games on Xbox. Sure, you can get access to it, um, but they don't speak to Steam, really. And the fact that this is all Steam-based, and it's Steam OS, and it doesn't really... I I mean, they're, you know, Xbox does have their published games, like Master Chief Collection, on Steam. But xbox players probably don't have the steam versions of those and i don't think they're going to go double right. on all their games and then you're running into the stadia problem where it's like okay i have to like buy all my games again just to play them on this new platform and i don't think they're going to want to do that either so yeah i don't know <laughs> my, my biggest issue is just if you have your rig why would you replace it with something that isn't as powerful mm-hmm. and can only do steam games but yeah. Steam is huge, don't get me wrong. But it can only do Steam. Why would you limit yourself to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I. When is this? The pre-orders for the single live? What tomorrow? Right. I I want to say pre-orders are tomorrow. Um, I expect that it will sell out quickly. You know, like like there's no doubt about that. Um. As for the long-term appeal of this thing, like I like you all like w- Jeff made a really good point. Spec-wise, like are there going to be different iterations of this thing? Can we upgrade it? 
uh, in some way? Are we just going to have to buy new models every few years? Because that's just one, like if that's the route that you want to go, that's just one more expense for PC players who, who already dump a ton of, like, and I'm sure Jeff and Grant, again, both know this, who already dump a ton of money into their rigs. Um, you know, I mean, are people really going to be willing to spend another 400, you know, uh, 600, $800? Yes. Like, that's why I said, like, I don't think the price is the issue. I mean, I think the new switch, sorry, I, I'm in Canada. So like all the prices don't make sense to me. The new switch is 350 US. 350 US dollars. Is that, yeah. So, yeah. so this is 50, the entry level of this is only $50 more than the switch. And I think we're all assuming it's going to be at least more powerful. We don't know to what extent. So, you know, these people will pay for, they will pay the price if it's worth it. But that's the big question right now. When, of course, I also do, like, full disclosure, Jeff, like, you know, I'm sitting here talking about, will people mm -hmm. actually do this? But I'm the asshole who went out and pre-ordered a Switch OLED that I absolutely don't need today. So, you know. Get mine. What, what was that, Grant? I wasn't able to get mine. I'm incredibly uh, jealous. Don't, don't worry, Grant. You're going to, I promise you, you're going to get one. Somehow <laughs> we're going to get you a fucking pre-order here, yeah. Nintendo, if you hear this. Nintendo, please, hook, hook, hook my boy Grant up. Let me DM you my address. I got that really nice white one too. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to be playing Metroid Dread day one on my, on my brand new switch OLED. Um, did you pre-order it? Pre did I, did I get the switch? Yeah, I got the white one. Oh yeah, no. I, and I did mine in store. So I just went to a fucking GameStop and did it. I was like, I'm not even fucking around with BestBuy.com or, or Target with or, your Skyward Sword. I'm so fucking angry about that. Can I say something about that real quick? Can I say something about that real quick? Now that you got yes. me, now I'm already fired up, right? And so now I need to fucking, <laughs> because I ordered the goddamn Skyward Sword Joy-Cons like back in fucking January or some shit, right? I pre-ordered that shit like six fucking months ago. And earlier this week, I get an email from Target saying, Sorry, we had to cancel your pre-order. Uh, it's not you. It's us. They didn't even tell me why. They were like, unfortunately, unforeseen circumstances dictate that we have to cancel your pre-order. Uh, of course, we won't charge you. I'm like, you're fucking right. You're not going to charge me. But <laughs> but like, you know, why, why the fuck do you even need to say that? But it's like, God damn it. I really fucking wanted those. I really fucking wanted those Skyward Sword icons. They're they beautiful. They look real good with that white Oleg switch too. They're beautiful. Like uh, I fucking uh, want them. Like why can't is, I have them? Is this a good time to bring up that I just canceled my um Oh Zelda fuck yesterday? you, Jeff. Like, oh, why would you do that to me? Why would you say that? You had them in the palm of your hand and you let them go. Well, I don't have a I don't have a dockable switch right now, so they were useless to me. <laughs> I think it's going to be like the Animal Crossing switch where it's going to seem exclusive and then it's just going to probably come out. yeah yeah give it a few months I, honestly It'll be everywhere I'm, I am sure like I'm sitting here like complaining but I am sure that I will be able to walk into a Best Buy tomorrow and just grab a pair so I'm not uh <coughs> I'm not too worried about it I'm just more annoyed that I have to fucking walk into a Best Buy tomorrow uh but but uh so we have some uh some interesting topics that were suggested to us by our Discord today. Uh, and the first topic was, I actually was, um, what, Jeff, what do you got? Why, why are butts? We were asked to discuss- Is that an interesting, I think you said interesting topics. That is, a, that is an interesting topic. Why are butts? Um, so, because oh, human anatomy. Well, I mean, butts are, you know, like, so if you don't have a butt uh, or a, a, a rectum- <laughs> 
as the scientific term. Hold on. I'm interested to see what Jeff's cat has to weigh in on this. I love your cat. I just met your cat. I love it already. (laughs) Jeff's cat. Jeff's cat. Why are, uh, why are butts? Uh, She's very loud until I put her on camera, and then she just shuts right up. Well, I mean, she's Luna. Luna. Well, I mean, she's on the spot now. She's on the spot. Um, so I will tell you why our butts. So when you uh, when you eat food, uh, and it travels down your esophagus into your mm-hmm, stomach, mm-hmm. the digestion yeah. process begins, right? And your stomach acids break okay. down all that food that you've eaten, and then they move into the Legit. they move into the large intestine. Right, mm-hmm. and that is when they are coated with a kind of a slimy, like a, like a okay. slimy gel. And you know, we already had the down. Titan joke. We don't, we no. don't need to go. No, no, like we important. all know no, what happens. Do you Brittany, slow it down? you're losing me. Brit- I'm not understanding. We do need you slow it down. Slow it down a little bit. Okay, so yeah. so when the food <laughs> is so the enzymes in the small and in, in the large intestine break the food down mm-hmm. and cause it to coagulate right. into a slimy gel-like substance, which then travels. This has been a wild fucking episode. Travels y'all. like like. <laughs> What like like I think you have like what thirty feet of of, of intestine in your body, so it travels okay. like 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 all like a very long distance uh, down to your now. down to your sphincter. <laughs> write this down. <laughs> like write it. In, yeah, no, no, no. Take notes, please. So okay, right. so when the stool at this point when by the time it reaches your sphincter, it's stool, oh, right? It's stool, mm-hmm. right? And yes, and so then it passes into the anal cavity. Right and and at this point, okay, this I'm is stop you right there, John. I'm a no. little impressed by your like like how well. You no, know this is about this is you ask. Look, no, look, we have to. This is why a butt is okay, and that's where your butt comes into play, right? Because your your anus is sandwiched between your butt cheeks, right? Your butt cheeks are protecting the anus, the opening of the anus, and that is where the poop comes through. Uh, and so that that is why that okay. is why butts. Next question. That is why butts. Like, if we're talking literally, that is why butts. Mm-hmm. Now, did you mean like in the... Do no, you think next question. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like, like, were they talking like, no, like, why, no. do we, why do we have ass cheeks? Like, why isn't it just like a flat no. blank space? Like... Your community is wild. You have... Absolutely wild. Oh, dude, you have no idea. I, aside from that, the only thing Whoever I can think of... Whoever asked that question is banned. That was uh, Seth Rakagi, by the way. Um, wh- that checks. Yeah, yeah. no, it, uh, no, yeah, no, that checks out. But, like, other than that, the only thing I can think of is, like, to sit down on. If you, like, because, I mean, uh-huh. if you got junk in the trunk, then that's a pretty comfy fucking thing to sit down on. Otherwise, you got that Hank Hill. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I got, man. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> been waiting a while to bring that reference. Damn it, Bobby! <laughs> I can't sell oh. propane and propane accessories if you're talking about my flat ass. Listen, I could be in any kind of move, and you, you pop off a King of the Hill joke at me, and I am done. I'm on the ground. <laughs> that got that Hank Hill. Um, <laughs> We could talk about Final Fantasy X three. Oh yeah, we were asked to talk about that. Um, so so first of all, yes. just, first of all, Final Fantasy ten three. It's not Final Fantasy X three. Um, just X Men United. Throw that out into the wild. Uh, so so Final Fantasy. So this is a little known fact. There's actually a story, like a written story, uh, that acts as a sequel to Final Fantasy ten two. This has um, been a thing for a long time. It has, like, right? This is exi- this has actually existed for a long time. Like, um, yeah, it's it's 
only recently shatters the two stories pretty much in the first place like so here's the thing like it sucks it's like it completely invalidates the events of the first two games like it it's not very well written but for years now people have been begging for this to be made a game why i don't know i would just rather have square focus on new titles right like or literally anything else but today uh was it nomura jeff who said uh who who was given the interview um yeah just pulling up the article uh so nomura said if we are to make 10-3 um we have a synopsis already written by nojima uh and it's sleeping right now but the plot itself exists and then uh toriyama said um the probability is not zero but we are not in a phase where we can talk about it yet until we have finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. For the for the love of so, fucking Christ, finish Final Fantasy VII Remake first, please. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, like... Love a prequel, like, to 10. Like, let me play as fucking Braska, Jekt, and Orin. That, like, that I, now, be... I would actually love that. Mm-hmm. I, that Let's, would... Like, play it from Jack's perspective... And him getting taken from Xanarka. And so it'd essentially be 10. Just I, I would love yeah. just like that preview or that 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 journey, like seeing Yuna as a little girl uh, and watching, you know, watching Braska walk away with Arn and Jack. And, you know, they're meeting with Unaleska. Like, I, I, I think that would be a really cool story to tell. That being said, you and I both know, Britt, that's not the story we'll get. Like, like we'll get. You'll get you'll get more Titus and Yuna fan fiction, and you'll you'll love it. Um, and by the way, I just want to point out it is Titus, not Titus. I don't care what Square Enix says. Um, Titus makes no fucking sense. Uh, and in Japanese, it does. It does, but we're not, but I'm not Japanese, so I'm going to say Titus. But uh, I, I I do believe I think this is probably something that is going to fucking happen at some point. Um. Or give me a prequel with Unaleska because Unaleska was the first summoner. She was the first summoner. How the war started, and her on, husband on was everything. the first was the first uh, final summon, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, what is his name? Zayon. Uh, Zayon. Yeah. Zayon. I'm such a fucking nerd. I know that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I was there with you. I almost had it. I was, on the I, I was like, oh, I was, I'm just like casually like, oh, it's Zayon. Don't you fucking even Final Fantasy, bro? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am sure that this is. I am sure that this is something that is going to fucking happen. Um, I don't think it's anywhere, anywhere close. I, I think this is probably like a decade away. But but I think it will. If if it even happens. If it even, I am I am pretty confident it will. Um, I think you know Final Fantasy X is an extremely revered. Uh, is it just a very beloved game? Um, and I, it, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy. I think it's good. Um, so I'm not like chomping at the bit for a, a Final Fantasy X three Brit. I don't know how you feel. Um, like I if, love Final Fantasy X. I wouldn't be mad if they released a but if we're just getting or a sequel. But if we're just getting a, con- a a continuation of Yuna and Titus's story, like is that something that appeals to you or? Or would you rather see, for Not example, if it's based the, on what they had before? Like they realize they're terrible for each other and break up essentially. Like, yeah, like it's not great. <laughs> it's, I don't want that. I want a good love story. It's really not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not that's not there's not really much else to say about that uh, because it is a an extremely hypothetical uh, situation. Um, we we also got asked to talk about the best potato. 
And I'll say right now, like if you're talking it's like not a steak fry. So, no, no, no. I was gonna say mashed. Yeah. The best Any potato. Other answer is wrong. The best potato is a mashed potato with a little bit of sour cream mixed in, some chives, uh, and you got to whip that shit with some 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 heavy cream. Throw some butter in there, uh, a little salt, pepper. Mashed potatoes are the best. Now, if you're talking like raw potatoes, like I've got to go with. I've got to go with with red potatoes because they're versatile. You can use red potatoes and potato salad and mashed potatoes. You can fucking slice those motherfuckers in half, put a little rosemary thyme on them, coat them some olive oil, salt and pepper, throw that shit in the oven at 400 degrees for like 20 minutes, come out nice and crispy. <clears throat> Though, like red potatoes are, in my opinion, the top tier potato. I would say real quick, before I, because I got a mute, mine is a potato chip. That is the best potato variation ever. Best way you can have a potato. I would argue that I would argue that a potato skin is better. I'm gonna risk making someone mad, and I'm oh, gonna say Jesus. baked potato, and you eat the skin with it. Oh yes, absolutely. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 my wife absolutely hates it. She will not no. touch the skin. I'm like, no. come on, it's no, the best be, part. Be, okay. No, because like a proper baked potato, or I, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. a proper, like a, a like a proper, um, a proper baked potato, the skin is like like nice. It's got that kind of like brown, crispy texture mm -hmm. to it. Um, you know, like a uh, like a potato skin, for example. If you don't eat the potato skin, if you don't eat the skin and everything you are not a human being uh like 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 potato skins like you're literally you're supposed to eat the skin it's it's like eating it's like chicken skin right like people who peel the skin off chicken disgust me and i'm sorry people what's that people who do my favorite giant people are the people who go to kfc and then take the skin off of it and just eat the chicken Oh, you know I what's even, what's worse? I take the chicken out of the KFC and I eat the skin. I was going to say, like, what if you just pull the skin <laughs> off and don't eat the chicken? Like, what if just like you're not missing? Much. You're not, yeah. So, so I will say that if you do that at Popeyes, that's a literal war crime. At Popeyes, you eat the whole fucking thing, like, or or you don't touch it at all. Uh, but no, people I'm who talking about fast food again. Oh no, people, people who uh, after this, I guarantee you, Brittany's gonna go. Brittany's gonna go get some nugs after this. I guarantee it. No, no, you're muted, by the way, Britt. She knows. No, she had to mute. Um, oh, right, right. Zach's on a call beside her. So, but but no, like I um, I fucking I I do not trust anyone who peels the skin off their chicken and refuses to eat it. I just don't, I just, I don't trust you. Uh, you know, I don't trust your taste in food. I don't trust. No, we're not on the, no, we are not back on the fry debate, but we can be. If you really want to open that can of worms, we can absolutely do that. Uh, we did get asked to talk about the Pokemon MOBA. I know Grant's <coughs> pretty excited for that. Yeah. Here, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what Grant, do we need to know about it, Grant? Grant, why don't we talk about, yeah, Grant, you talk about the Pokemon MOBA because I know literally nothing about it. I will try and contain myself. I will be professional. Center yourself. Center I yourself. I am so excited. Well, I am a Pokemon fanatic. Like, just inject everything straight into my veins. Anime cards, 
figures, games, i.e. all the other ones. And they're introducing a MOBA with Pokemon characters. You can play it on your Switch. And I would do anything to play a game right now. It looks amazing. The way that they have so in traditional MOBAs, you know, your character gets stronger as you level up, you unlock new abilities. With this game, as you level up, your Pokemon evolve, which is super cool. So let's say you choose, you know, Charizard, because you're basic, and then you choose Charizard as your character. You start out as a Charmander, but as you progress, you level up to Charmeleon, and you eventually Charizard, and you have all your moves. That's really cool. Does this happen, like, through the course of a single match? Like, every yes. match you start? Oh, okay, that's, yes. that is cool. Yeah. So every match, depending on what territory you have and their evolutions, you always start at the base evolution. And you level your character up, which will then cause them to evolve. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, anything Pokemon, just give it to me. Honestly, it's a like, good game for Pokemon fans, honestly. Honestly, it's, it's a, oh my gosh. I would try it, but there are just so many fucking games coming out that that I'm focused on, like Skyward Sword is tomorrow, and then what? Like the week after that, we have both Great Ace Attorney and Neo: The World Ends with You, um, which should have been called The World Ends with Two. I don't know what the what the fuck that's all about. Like it's it was right fucking there for anybody. I'm to- still mad that Nino Cooney Two wasn't called Nino Tooney. That That's wasn't even that wasn't even a distracting thought. That went along with what you said. I agree. It just, I was just Nino. taking a minute to uh, be impressed. That it's I, clever. Yeah, yeah. That's def. It's definitely clever. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brit. Brit came here to Brit. Brit came tonight to make fucking problems. Brit. I I Loki'd this entire podcast. Brit Loki the fu- Brit. Brit, you came in here and just guamped it up. I you just, it. You guamped that shit right up. Um, but uh, uh, we, we've kind of reached the end of our topics here. We got like, you know, we got like five minutes. So I figure uh, we can either take off early or we can ask the chat if there's anything that they want us to mention. Um, it's up to you guys. I am not uh, I am not partial either way. Uh, I don't. Jeff said in chat to Nino to Cooney. <laughs> no. Do you think we'll get a Nino Cooney three? How did Nino Cooney two sell? Not that well, I don't think. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know what the sales numbers were. I just think generally wasn't as well. There was a lot of buzz around the first one, and I think the general consensus was the second one was just a bit of a step back. The first one and, was better. Mm-hmm. I definitely think, and and I, I don't know how Brittany feels about that, but I I definitely think the first one was better from a narrative standpoint. And I never played Nino Cooney. You really need to go back and play it, Britt. Like it's. Well, I was I was a 360 girls, and that was a PlayStation exclusive game. It's on Switch. And by, the, well, yeah, well now it is. But the, back then when it came out, I just didn't play my PS3 enough to really warrant buying it, and I just never played it since. It has one of the best OSTs in modern JRPGs. Like like the OST. The, Grant, have you played uh, Nino Cooney? My JRPG library basically considered or basically boils down to 
like pixelated, like Alter Path. There's nothing wrong Earthbound, with that. Pokemon. I'm not really a fan of like the three dimensional JRPGs. I, you so know, I'm gonna say nerd. Speaking of three dimensional JRPGs, uh, Grant, just on a whim, Brit, this is specifically for you. I fired up PlayStation or uh, PlayStation Nine. Jesus, I fired up Final Fantasy Nine on my Vita the other day, and you know I've played that game a million times, but I wanted to see something, and I think I was proven right. It looks better on PlayStation, like on the original PlayStation hardware, than it does in the remaster. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen it in quite some time. By a country mile, because the, I disagree. No, because I'll tell. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because right. I'm beca- wrong. Beca- well, <laughs> Jeff. Well, no, well, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me kind of lay this out. Uh, uh, Jeff's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, get back in here. No, Jeff, get back in here. F's in chat for Jeff. F in chat for Jeff. Jeff, come back in, or I'm gonna feel bad. He clicked. <laughs> he clicked the wrong button. <laughs> No, but but how I feel about this is <clears throat> I feel like like the character models look look fine in the remastered version, but they didn't do anything with the backgrounds. And so for that reason, like they really like jarringly stand out. Um and plus, like, you know, like the I don't know, the PlayStation version of like the PlayStation version of most of these games that have been uprezzed, just a little chunkier, a little more pixely. And I just I no, feel like Final Fantasy eight one hundred percent looks better than PlayStation Final Fantasy 8. I haven't played fi- PlayStation Final Fantasy 8 in a long time. So so that one I'm not sure. About. I do know I think 7 and 9 look better on PlayStation than they do in the remastered versions. Um maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. That's just me. But they definitely look more like I don't know, it's really subjective. They look more cohesive like the original versions, right? Because everything is a pixelated blurry mess. And then in yes. the new ones, half of it is still a pixelated blurry mess and half of it looks really sharp. So, like, to me, objectively, it's better, but I definitely see why people would still prefer it. Same, like, there's still kind of a CRT monitor <laughs> renaissance or something where people are uh, buying CRT TVs or playing older games because they, there is benefits to them. But um, I will say on, uh, this won't be of any point to you, John, but on PC at least, um, there, uh, people have created some, I, I think there's some third party mods or add-ons. There's like basically AI upscaling for the backgrounds, um, to, uh, reconstruct them to a, a higher resolution. It looks really fucking good. That's like, really it cool. looks incredible. Yeah. So they do match the clarity of the character models, but, um, I would love to see that, that ever crisis remake of the, uh, of the original game that's coming out on mobile, which is basically just like a remade version of the original visuals uh come to consoles i would absolutely fucking love that i don't think we're gonna get it uh but that would still be really really cool to see um so we are uh we are pushing up against uh the end of our podcast here remorse betrayal in chat says final fantasy 9 is way too old for me um yeah i I specifically said that because i knew that britney would would be be mad at it wow britney britney's mad Britney's mad. She she does not like that. F in the chat for 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 uh, remorse betrayal. Uh, but while we wait for Britney to come back, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. <laughs> poor Brit. Um, actually, poor poor remorse betrayal. She's going to be in his mentions. Um, okay, Jeff. Not 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 necessary, Jeff. Not necessary, Jeff. I know I'm old. 
You're not wrong though. It is pretty old. I mean, you're you're 100% not wrong about that. Uh, so Grant, thank you once again for coming to join us, yeah. man. Like seriously, dude. Like like it, it means the world to us. And um, uh, you know, I I feel like and and again, like I feel like it would have been. I feel like it would have been uh, a little disingenuous for us to talk about accessibility issues without someone like you here who, who, who is actually affected by this stuff. So, so thank you for taking time. Mm -hmm. I, I know you were going to, you were going to stream tonight. You canceled that to be with us. So seriously, thank you so much, man. Where can people find you? Uh, if they want to follow you, you can find my byline, um, basically all over at this point. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, my Twitter handle is, Super underscore grip 1994, and you can find me screaming into the void about Pokemon or accessibility. Awesome, dude! Thank you so much for being here, man. Britta, Britta, are you okay? Did you were you able to cool down a little bit? Yeah, I had to take a take a lap. Okay, good, good. I'm just glad that you're centered now. <laughs> um, Brittany, I'm gonna do a replay of Final Fantasy IX just to make you feel better. Okay. Um, that's that, and I'm gonna do it on PlayStation. I'm not gonna do it on Switch. Uh, just play it. I'm just going to play that shit again. Um, did we get to talk about Final Fantasy? Of course we did. This is SDGC. I'm always going to find a way. Uh, does anybody have anything else before we get out of here? No. All right. Well, uh, don't forget, we are right here live every Thursday night at Eastern or at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we got some more good pre recorded content coming your way. Uh, we're going to be recording. Uh, the fourth part of our Metal Gear Solid retrospective soon, which of course focuses on Metal Gear Solid 4. We're hoping to get that done this week and have it out to you next week. And also Finn and I are recording a brand new episode of Dual Daddies on Sunday. Uh, and we will have that out on Monday. So please look forward to that. Um, and of course we got, uh, it's getting closer and closer, Extra Life. We have a big Extra Life happening this year. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, Derek, Justin, and Britt are all going to be coming to my uh, to, to my house and I'm going to cook them delicious meals. And we are going to... Well, Britt, did we decide... We're, are we going to do what? A a 24-hour uh, uh, Nuzlocke? Is is that... Is that the Pokemon Wait. thing? Yeah. Wait. Wait. What game? I don't know. I think Derek is the one picking the game. I thought he said Pokemon. It is Pokemon. Is Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. I'm literally... I'm doing one of those right now on my Twitch channel. And my um, game is just layered with the corpses of my damn Pokemon. They're so <laughs> fun. They're so fun. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good fucking time. Uh, so we are definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and we have some more We have some more. We have a big crossover coming up <clears throat> uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, where uh sdgc and good vibes gaming uh will collide right here on this channel um uh, ash paulson and steve bowling from good vibes gaming will be joining us uh live here not next week but the week after and uh it's going to be a big well probably uh, honestly the 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 biggest crossover in in podcasting i feel like um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge it's gonna be massive yeah dude yeah dude the the, the good vibes gaming guys are going to be here with us uh, chilling out. We're gonna we're gonna yell and drink and get angry about shit and and hug each other. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time. Uh, so again, that's not next week, but the week after is when we're. And also, by the way, next week, Derek, next Wednesday, will be on GVG. 
Derek, our, our very own Derek, will be on uh, will be on Good Vibes Gaming. Uh, so very very excited to to see him uh, blossom and branch out like that. I've been on there twice, and they are just a great fucking group of guys. Um, and that's all we got. So until next time, take care of each other. Remember, kindness costs nothing, and we will see you all next week. Have a good night.